0: Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast
1: with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the
0: Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Hello everyone, my name is David Yaz and welcome to the Boston Podcast. Thanks for listening, thanks for tuning in. We hope you're doing okay. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know how this moment in history arrived upon us, but I suppose our family members were getting to know each other really well, maybe a little bit too well. And uh, let's face it, if you go out to the supermarkets, it kind of looks like the zombie apocalypse. So we're all thinking of ways to survive, but I have an, an excellent guest today. His name is Keith D. He is the president and founder of Osage Advisors, I have a feeling I'm mispronouncing it, Keith. Can you correct Uh, me on that?
1: Osage Advisors is correct.
0: Oh, all right. So, hey, something good happened today. What the heck? Osage Advisors, that's O-S-A-G-E. Before I forget, if you want to get in touch with Keith and by the end of this conversation, I bet you will. It's osageadvisors.com. And Keith is the president and founder and a boutique investment banking firm, helping business owners receive the best value for sale of their companies. That's what he does professionally. Right now, he is just uh, the latest bright light in my life. Because anytime you get to hang out with someone and talk, even if it's virtual, we gotta we gotta embrace that, right, Keith?
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so let me ask you first just just how are you? How are you holding up?
1: So we're doing okay. Uh, we're trying to stay as active as possible in and uh, normal routine. So get up in the morning, have my coffee, take the dog for a walk come back, read the paper, read online, uh, participating in a lot of zoom meetings. Uh, yeah. I'm a big, our firm's a big networker. We're always going to meetings all over the tri-state area, uh, Boston, uh, New York, uh, Hartford, Connecticut. So in lieu of hopping in the car, we're hopping in our, uh, office, uh, home office with a cup of coffee and dialing in and I must be probably doing about 10 meetings a week and it's keeping us fresh. It's keeping us active. And we're just trying to, uh, listen to what people have to say and see if we can help help them with any advice and just be encouraging and be uh, be supportive and and this too shall pass.
0: Absolutely, there's one thing I noticed about getting on all these virtual meetings is they are pretty schedule friendly. By that I mean, you know, if you have a meeting at eight o'clock a.m., you know, typically in the Greater Boston area, no matter where you are, you're pr- you're probably waking up at six fifteen, six thirty you know, uh, before you get ready and everything now, you know, well, I mean, let's be frank, you don't have to, you can put your pajama pants on. No one's going to know the difference as long as you look tip top from, from waist up, right. <laughs> on a zoom call. Absolutely. And then you just show up at your desk. And so it is kind of a time saver. That's one of the, the bright spots. Have you found that doing things virtually that we used to do in person is, um, better or worse than you would have expected?
1: Well, I think, the more I do it, the better it gets. And I think that's like anything in life. Uh, the more practice you do, the better you get at it. It's becoming, uh, it's becoming part of my daily routine right now. So, um, I th- I believe uh, Zoom's going to be part of our lives moving, or Zoom or whatever, you know, um, platform, that. platform you use. is going to be part of your life uh, post this uh, pandemic.
0: Well, you look none worse for the wear, may I say. And you seem to be in... Is that your home office? It looks pretty spiffy. I'm seeing some impressive-looking diplomas on the wall and such.
1: Well, I'm, see, I'm one of those fortunate people. My office less than a mile from my house. And okay. we're in an old factory, converted factory. It's called the Witch Hazel Works Building, which they used to make Witch Hazel. And there's only one way into my office and one way out. And right now, it's just myself uh, and my son who works for me and our daughter who's been back from New York for almost a month now. We lived, we we're living in a house together, so... It's nice to kind of walk over to the office and
0: have a place away from the house. Yeah. And God bless you for that. Cause, the, cause, you know, we're all scared. We're all scared to go out at all. But things like this are going to keep you sane. And some people do have the benefit of still being able to go into the office and that there is that mental thing, right? Where you're, you're more comfortable working there. At our podcast studio in Westwood, we, we have basically closed it. Although, you know, I'd say to people, if we still mm-hmm. could kind of do it with, with proper social distancing, what I should have done is put in like a glass, you know, the typical radio station glass partition, and then, you know, germ free, but we didn't think that far ahead anyway. But so tell me from a, from a business standpoint, from what you do and from others that do similar things, either in, in finance or things like that, your world is changing, right? Do you think this, tell me about how you think it's changed so far, but uh, what you've touched upon a little bit already, but also how the, the long-term ramifications of this, it's gonna change the way we do business?
1: So, uh, you know, as, as you mentioned, we help business owners sell their companies and there's been a significant uh, slowdown in activity. Uh, we still have a couple deals moving forward. Uh, and the reason why they're moving forward is that they're, in, they're an industry that supports the medical community. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they make parts for machines for medical equipment. They make, uh, uh, they do consulting for healthcare technology companies. Uh, uh, They make uh, cardboard boxes to ship. So those industries will continually do farewell. We're just trying to stay actively engaged with our clients. What we're seeing is, is that people have kind of put the hard stop on things for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, What we're suggesting to them is, you know, Plan now. If you're an older business owner, someone that's maybe in his uh, late 60s, early 70s, and you were thinking about selling, don't just stop that process and pick it up a year from now. Mm-hmm. You can still plan now, get ready for it, put you know, package it up, and be in position when when things turn. Uh, you'll be you'll be quick to market and you'll get a lot of attention. All that money hasn't gone away. That money's still there, looking to buy companies. It's just sitting on the sidelines until let's say the dust settles and the air clears.
0: Is it possible that certain serial entrepreneurs are actually keeping their eye out for, um, you know, my crude term bargains at this point? Because, you know, there might be some people who are on the verge of selling the business that because of this downturn and maybe it's long-term ramifications, they may be looking at selling at a lower price. But nevertheless, they might be kind of, um, you know, cutting cutting ties now just to, to get the process done. I don't know. Does that make any sense?
1: Well, I mean, I think, well, there's always those opportunistic buyers out there. And if you're a seller, you know, you want to avoid those op- optimistic buyers. You want to be represented by somebody because the, the market, it's, it is going to change. And what we say is, you know, historically you're doing this level of profitability because of the pandemic, your, your, your numbers have dropped somewhat. So, we're going to present you. Uh, we're going to normalize 2020 to as if it was a, no, a regular year, a normal year that you projected. And sophisticated buyers who who see that, see historical trends in your in your revenues and your profits, they will pay based on historical earnings. You may not get it all up front now. You may have to work under an employment agreement, some kind of structured earnout over a couple of years, as long once you get back to that level of profitability, and then get and then get the full value. But the only way to do that is is really to go out, and we recommend whether it's us or somebody else, you test a market, you bring multiple buyers to the table, and then you look at the look at the values they're bringing, and then you can make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do think that uh, uh, companies that are struggling somewhat now will still be able to get a uh, get the valuation at some point down the road.
0: So you mentioned that your company does a lot, believes in the networking and referral business, and so I know you're constantly in touch with. Lawyers and I'm sure financial advisors, accountants, and other professionals. What has been the tenor of those meetings over the the past few weeks? In other words, are people a little bit more um, going out of their way to to help each other? I hope. What has it been like?
1: I think it's been everybody's trying to everybody's trying to pull together. I mean, I think I have a you know I've offered my services out to. Hey, just give me a call. Any anything comes up, you want to run something by us, call us up. If we can be of any help, we will. Uh, I have accountants, attorneys that I network with, financial advisors, wealth managers, consultants. You know, we're just staying in touch, trying to feed each other information, what we're seeing out there from different viewpoints, uh, so that when things do turn, that we we feel we feel comfortable moving forward uh, to serve as our client the best way possible.
0: Uh, You and I both over the years have been to numerous gatherings of large, large gatherings of professionals, maybe not gatherings of large professionals, but some of them are large. But uh, what I'm talking about, of course, is, you know, trade shows and conventions and gala dinners. And it's all, you know, people that keep busy like you, you always have, you know, as many as one or two a week of these things on your calendar, depending upon what time of year it is. And um for better or for worse may is probably the 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 busiest or at least it used to be in the past Mm -hmm. um do you see that kind of thing picking up um right away it's a loaded question because i guess i guess the the fear is that those sort of gatherings events things that kind of in some ways support businesses and keep them spinning along are going to be slow to come back do you think people and professionals will be hesitant to Attend those kind of things. What? Just uh, if you have some sort of prediction on that, I'd like to hear it.
1: Well, from my perspective, I think it's going to be it's going to be a slow uh, crawl back to when people are comfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we're going to assuming, for example, we get the all clear sign on June first. I really think it's going to be until after Labor Day when you start seeing people poking their heads out in these meetings and being comfortable. Um, you know, really comes down to testing. So, you know, so people know what's happening right now. We, you know, no one really kind of knows what's happening, but so say June comes along and uh, things start opening up. I think, until, I think it's after Labor Day before you start thinking, uh, you start seeing these these events start to pick up some traction.
0: Mm-hmm. I've got, you mentioned that your son, did you say your son works with you or is he just tagging along to stay busy or?
1: No, he joined us back in uh, December. He graduated from uh, Endicott College up in the Beverly, Mass, back in uh, May year ago May. So,
0: I've got a son on the way to college next year. I hope if colleges still exist next year, that's just dark humor. I'm sure they will. But um, so I must congratulate you on um, uh, raising that fine young man, and who seems to be doing very well. Um, this is just kind of a philosophical question, but do you think that that generation and my son is just a few years younger than than yours, I guess? But um, I wonder if they view this differently than us. When I talk to young people, including my son, I try to tell them, um, this is, this is big, even coming from an old fart like me, like we've, right. we've seen some things and we've seen, you know, nine 11 and some moments in our past, but I try to tell them you might never see anything like this again. That is, is that, am I onto something there?
1: Well, so I have a 27-year-old daughter, 20, uh, soon- to-be-27-year-old daughter um, and a soon-to-be- 23-year-old son, both in, both in a working environment, and they are kind of waiting and seeing. you know um, They realize this has been a major shift and to their lifestyles, and everything's put on hold. And I think they have a better appreciation, frankly, for what they had. Mm-hmm. You know, kids tend to, you know, kind of just flying through, doing their thing, and everything's great. They have never seen a recession. Right. So think about these. You know, they these my my kids, anyways. You know, they came out uh, into a into a growing economy, jobs growing uh, ever since. You know, they graduated college or out of high school. They've always seen positive things. So this has been kind of a, a little bit of shell shock, mm-hmm. and I think they're kind of taking stock and saying, hmm you know, things aren't so bad. And uh, I'm very fortunate
0: to we are on today. So, yeah, I, I think they, they may be, it's, it's not a bad time for a young person to kind of make it through this. And my heart breaks for some of these people who've been looking forward to, you know, graduation or prom, which my son was on the prom committee. And I guess there's still some slim hope of that going forward. Who knows? But, um, but, you know, these are, these are, The things I'm mentioning right now are really more first world problems. You know, if you've gotten so far as you're about to hit graduation, you're going to be just fine. And to come out on the other side of something like this, you know, I think it's okay to be tested, right? Mm -hmm. Um, My my son, I have a a son with autism and we were worried about him. You know, he's, he loves his routine and he's generally a very well-behaved kid, but we were afraid that, you know, he, he can't go to school. He can't do the things he normally does. And um, so we've, we've adapted instead of um, his grandfather taking him to the IHOP and to the YMCA to swim. I took him to IHOP to order takeout. I had his grandfather on FaceTime on the phone and we went to the, uh, YMCA and we walked around a little and, and, uh, got some exercise and took some pictures in front of the YMCA, but for him, that was adapting, you know? So yep. it is, um, have you found similar ways to adapt for things that routines that you have done?
1: So for me, uh, you know, so, you know, I, uh, we have a, a, a 14-month-old uh, dog, a you know, standard poodle, and uh, I get up and walk him every morning for a couple miles. And then, you know, to keep, you know, to keep uh, my sanity and to keep uh, sharp, you know, I've I've, I've always been in a, I've always been a gym rat in a gym five days a week or so. So, you know, I've I've taken uh, our gym is doing online courses, so I take some of those courses. Uh, I've got my running shoes out again. I'm running a couple of days a week. Uh, you know, a lot of yard work, uh, just physical activity. I think, you know, and then there's always all these apps, uh, these exercise apps. A lot of them giving free trials right now, so mm-hmm. you you got to stay sharp. And the best way to do that is the, is the exercise. I can't emphasize that enough. It's just you got whether it's walking, whether it's running, whether it's hiking, whether it's you know just doing some kind of uh, aerobic thing around the house. That's really helping a
0: lot um, to you build. know who you know who the big winners are in all of this the dogs oh. the dogs are the big winners the they they get walked whenever they want to now they they're so they're out there enjoying the outdoors, and their owners and their family are around all the time now they don't have to there's there's no more there's no more waiting for you know uh mom or dad to come home at night and then and the, the dog, those dogs that are, you know, caged while they're still young or whatever, they get put in the cage for hours on end. There's no, there's always somebody home now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I walked a dog. My son walks a the dog. Then my daughter walks a dog. And then my wife walks. The dog. <laughs> sometimes we all walk the dog together. So, you know, <laughs> that's one happy pup. In fact, he's sleeping underneath my desk right now. He's oh, sleeping. is that
0: right? Well, yeah, he's,
1: uh, he's just happy to be laying down for a change.
0: What's your dog's name? Uh,
1: no. That is Luca. L- Luca,
0: Oh, Luca. Okay. Yeah, Luca. Is there a special yeah. meaning behind that, or just like the well, name?
1: Well, he was named for his original name was Luca, after the city in in uh, Italy, Luca, Italy. Okay. But uh, my son's a big friend, a big a fan. He is a diehard Celtics fan for all the uh, Boston podcasts out there. We're all diehard Bruins fans. Very but good. He really, liked, he really likes Luca Donich. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so we changed we changed the spelling of his name. To L U K A. So,
0: Luca. So, he's got his own little spin on it. That's cool. You got it. So, Luca's living the life right now. That's great. He's
1: having a good
0: time. So, we've got just a few more minutes left now. But as we like to do, we like to offer something good to you when we do this segment called Good Stuff. So, let's do that now. Oh,
1: that's the good stuff.
0: So we got to clink to every little bit of good news or good advice, Keith. So uh, I asked you if you could come up with something good, whether something to recommend in terms of something you've watched or read, or even just a coping habit during these weird times. So you got something?
1: So yeah, outside of exercise, we talked to, you know, try to keep as much normalcy in your life as possible. You know, you get up, like you're going to work, you get dressed, you keep your routine um and then you know try to find a, a, a show uh um you know like we're watching we're watching veep together right now oh. and then uh, i'm a little older so you know i'm introducing my kids to uh some great um uh, wartime movies back in the 70s like uh, apocalypse now Platoon, oh, yeah. the deer hunter they never would have watched those movies so i mean obviously you have, you have to be older if you have older children it's great right but if you have the opportunity to rewatch Apocalypse Now, the Deer Hunter platoon, you know what? Forty years later, the 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 same emotions still come back. It's just it just it's it's it brings, it's nostalgia, but uh, yeah. older kids get a kick out of it.
0: And that's brilliant to, to kind of join the generations that everybody's home together anyway. And so yeah, I um, one of my favorite things to do with my son is is pick a movie that we love or we're suckers for the tv show the office and we actually started a podcast called that's what they said where we have we do commentary and we've now got the stack of podcasts because he's got so much time on his hands so he pops over here and we, we record and we share that but i i share your love for the the classics and the the war movies and you're right like you know they wouldn't necessarily watch it i i just saw on social media someone was singing the praises of the the old comedy, the apartment with uh, Shirley MacLaine and and, oh, yeah. and, and someone said, yeah, my son watched it with me and I couldn't believe how much he loved it. Like it, it holds up. So, and that's, that's my son too. So I got to get him watching some of these old classics. I, I, um, I like all the films you mentioned. I, I have a soft spot in my heart for saving private Ryan. I just think that was a tour de force of a, a movie. Right. So once again, it's, it's, Keithy of Osage advisors still in business. He's still at the office people. Come on, respect. Osageadvisors.com is where you find more info about Keith. I've gotten to know him recently. He's an awesome dude. So network with Keith. And as, as you say, Keith, this too shall pass. We'll get, we'll get, uh, we'll get around this thing. Right. Um, yeah. and, um, yeah. Any final words of encouragement for America, Keith?
1: <laughs> well, just, I mean, again, you gotta, you, just, you gotta stay optimistic, you know, you gotta stay the course, uh, help any, anybody, so get out there help people as much as you can. They'll come back and come back a thousand times to you and, Great. you know, just try to do the right thing.
0: Great advice. It's a good time to, you know, get in touch with the charities. If you sit on any boards, you know, go find out what they need right now. Cause they need it just as much as anyone. Yep. I, I, not everybody's comfortable with it. I'm going to keep doing the takeout thing and tipping. Well, I mean, for me anyway, tipping at some of these places because they're, they're working hard, just trying to keep businesses afloat. Okay. hope you had, a, hope you had a good time, kid.
1: Well, I had a great time. Thank you so much for having us.
0: Excellent. um Keith D., my guest today, and an awesome guest. I hope everyone's hanging in there. Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend or a colleague. Believe me, they have time on their hands to listen. Go to pod617.com if you're interested in producing your own podcast. And on behalf of Keith D., my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody, as much as you can. Don't worry. We're going to be okay, I swear.